This episode of the Power Connect Podcast is brought to you by EV Charging Summit Nexpo, North America's largest EV charging summit. To learn more about the event, go to evchargingsummit.com. To be honest with you, Fred, there weren't even electric cars really on the road when we started. It became the, the Nissan Leaf and the, the Chevy Volt, a few of them on the road, and we installed our first station and it was really the original Tesla Roadster that was sort of on the road. This was in between the, the original world of the EV1 and, and then the, 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 you know, the beginnings of this new industry. So we installed that first station in upstate New York, and it was literally the first one in all of upstate New York and one of the few in the Northeast. Welcome into the Power Connect Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Davis, episode 61 of the program, rolling along... Happy spring, everybody. Happy March Madness. Uh, I'm not going to really get into the whole March Madness thing too much. Why? Well, I think you guys know, uh, being the Jayhawk that I am, shout out to Arkansas, and that's all I'm going to say on that, especially considering that the Final Four is in Houston this year. Not that I'm bitter about that. All right, let's get down to today's show. The EV Charging Summit Expo is a little over a week away. Can't wait for that. Very excited in Las Vegas at the Mirage, March 29th through the 31st. We've already done a handful of episodes. We've got a slew of them coming out this week as we lead up to the big event next week. Today's episode includes one Mr. John Duran, owner and co-founder of Plugin Stations Online. They've been doing this for over a decade, back before it was cool, and you'll hear the story from Mr. Duran, just a little bit about how they got started, and again, there were really no EVs on the road when they got started. Now, it's a much different world that we live in today, and of course, obviously, their business has expanded dramatically as a result of all that, but just an incredible story from Mr. John Duran, which we'll get to here in just a second, but day one of the conference, uh, as it stands, is on Thursday, and then, of course, day two, Friday, wrapping it all up. I will be emceeing and hosting on day one uh, that Thursday, which I'm looking forward to. And of course, Mr. Duran will be speaking at the site installation fundamentals panel, as well as the designing for the customer panel. And so, like I said, after you hear this episode today, after you hear a little bit from Mr. Duran, uh, who, by the way, is a fan of Duran, Duran, how can you not be with a name like that? Uh, you will get a good feel for it. Look, he's straight for I mean, he's a New Yorker. So, you know, again, what do you what more do you want from the guy? Great information. Uh, and more importantly, just a, a a lesson in perseverance and when to take that leap. And so I'll let him tell the story about that. But before we get to his story, uh, just real quick, more episodes we've got coming up this week. Meryl Morse, who has helped put this thing together, and i got to give a shout-out to Meryl because she's the one that reached out to me about doing this, and I can't be uh, more excited and happier uh, for her doing that. We've got one Mr. Andreas Lip, CEO of Shell Recharge Solutions. He's going to be part of the keynote panel. Daniel Siegel from Simon will be speaking, as well as Josh Aviv, founder and CEO of Spark Charge. So we're looking forward to it. Like we said, going to be a lot of great information. And for those of you that don't know, what is the Summit? It's a must-attend event for all things EV charging. The Summit provides educational sessions focused on financing, infrastructure, operability, and ROI for EV charging. The expansive Expo Hall showcases real solutions, cost savings, and technological advances to infrastructure for all commercial and government organizations. And again, there's going to be three stages going on for both Thursday and Friday, and as I said, the exhibit hall as well. So, uh, like I said, going to be a lot of information, and of course, uh, we'll be part of it here. And then, of course, we'll have a post-show wrap-up that we're looking forward to. So, hosting an MCN on the on the 30th, 
I'm going to be going around doing uh, man-on-the-street-style interviews on that Friday as well. So a lot of good stuff we're looking forward to. And, hey, it's going to be Vegas. Can't put any money on my Jayhawks in the Final Four, so we'll have to find uh, a way to put money on something else. Not that we condone that sort of behavior, but, hey, a little cheddar cheese here and there, uh, you know, again, within reason, folks. So let's get right down to it. Mr. John Duran, plug-in stations online. Uh, again, just a swell guy. I had a really great time talking to him. Hell, he went to K-State, who, by the way, is still in the tournament. And, again, I digress. So, look, uh, John Duran, plug-in stations online. The genesis of the company, how they came about, uh, just his love for all things uh, electric, as well as how they are going to scale and just kind of the approach he and his company have taken uh, going from the Northeast down to Florida and what they have planned for the rest of 2023 and beyond. So without further ado, please welcome to the program, John Duran. Yeah, so I had a, it was a very circuitous route that I had to sort of get to this point right here. I actually, I, I think I you know stated earlier that I started a PhD out in Vancouver, British Columbia, and came back east, and I needed to work. Um, so long story short, I ended up working in an electrical supply house. Someday a woman comes in and says to me, "Hey, buddy, you want to be an electrician?" Of course, I raised my hand, and I became an electrician. Um, I, I then decided I wanted to be a school teacher. Right, I, I became a school teacher, but while I was doing so or working towards that. I met a gentleman who had also been a lawyer and he had passed the bar in New York, New Jersey and Florida and was working in the federal circuit courts. And guess what? He was working as an electrician. So we immediately hit it off. Long story short, I talked him into being a teacher after the, the sort of the sequester and all stuff that happened in 2008 with the economy. He got laid off in what's known as a RIF, a reduction in force. So basically what happens then I say to him, listen, I, I talked you into being a teacher. I can't leave you hanging out there. So he's like, what are you proposing? I said, let's start an electrical company, but not an average everyday one, because there are millions of them. Not there's anything wrong with that. He said, I'll call you in the morning. Next morning, Plug-in Stations Online was born. He said, oh, we're going to do charging stations for electric cars. I said, done. And since that point back in 2011, Earth Day of 2011, um, the company has grown from the two of us, which unfortunately, about four years ago, I lost George. So basically just me to about 30 employees, and we are now a full-service EV infrastructure company. We sell, service, maintain, and install charging stations for every type of electric vehicle that you can imagine. But real, qu I mean, but real quick, though, I mean, in 2011, um, you know, I mean, the idea of, a, of, of, of plug-in stations had to seem as out of this world then. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a it's the thing to do right now, and and we know EVs aren't going anywhere, and they're only going to gain in popularity and in, in you know mainstream appeal. What, I mean, and and that was your guy and all, but I mean, what? How, why EV charging stations, and how hard? How you know what was business like and getting going back then? So the key was that because we were both school teachers, we knew that we would have our summers off and vacations, and we knew that we could continue to to teach. And as the industry was nascent at that point, it would continue to grow. And then if we ever decided that we were going to make the leap to leave the education industry and go into this full time, that we would know when that moment came. And for me, that moment came about three years ago uh, where, you know, I could no longer sustain teaching because this had become too big and, and too important. And, uh, and that was the end of that. So I, I actually walked out of the teaching industry with 19 years, four months. 
So anybody that knows anything knows that if I had taught for another five months, the leap in the amount of money that you receive in your pension is massive. I would have had 20 years, but this just became too big, too big of an animal. Um, so, I mean, we're looking at contracts that are rather sizable and projects that are very, very large scale. So, you know, and it's such a, a fun time to be in an industry like this, because when you see something in its real infancy, I mean, to be honest with you, Fred, there weren't even electric cars really on the road when we started. Uh, you know, it, it became it became the the Nissan Leaf and the, the Chevy Volt, a few of them on the road, and we installed our first station, and it was really the original Tesla Roadster that was sort of on the road. This was in between the the original world of the EV1, and and then the the, the you know the beginnings of this new industry. So we installed that first station in upstate New York, and it was literally the first one in all of upstate New York and one of the few in the Northeast. And it got limited use, but it got use. And people would book at the hotel that we installed it at just because they knew that they could come and visit their kids at whatever the universities in the area, and they would charge up their vehicle. What was that feeling like for you, knowing that you had toiled for as long as you had to finally see this thing to where, okay, now that's no more, no more Mr. Uh, Duran, you know, the professor versus now it's okay, Mr. Duran, the business owner. Right, I got to tell you, it was actually terrifying. If I'm going to be completely honest here, because you're talking about walking away from a guaranteed job with tenure on the verge of six figures with quite possibly the greatest health insurance in the history of the universe with like, you know, $0 co-pays and everything is covered full medical, dental, vision, all of that to walk away from that knowing that if I had just taught for a couple more years that I'm set for the rest of my life with, I mean, I, I'm still going to get a pension, but I was set with a really nice pension. It was a huge leap and it was terrifying, but you know what they say, no risk, no reward. So I took that risk and I took that leap and I got to tell you something, the reward has been monumental on both the family side as well as, you know, the business side. Um, uh, while I am divorced, I have two kids and I, you know, from the beginning threw myself into my kids. You know, I've, I've coached my son's hockey team, his baseball team, my daughter's softball team. I've helped her with volleyball, right? I, I still coach my daughter's Odyssey of the Mind team. Um, and, and I was able to free up even more time to do the things that I knew that since life is so short, that spending time with my kids, you never, you, you can't buy a minute of time, right? So knowing that, I was able to, to be able to get that sort of reward out of it. And then, of course, the business has just flourished. And I've been extremely lucky with, with the people that have been you know brought to me that, that, that helped me run this business. I've got an incredible team around me, and the company is nothing without them. You've got some uh, – and let's call I me mean, – look, you're a, you're a New York guy through and through. Real quick, uh, are you a Yankees or a Mets fan? I am a pure – what I call a pure New York fan. So I am – a Yankees, Giants, my number one team, the Rangers, and then of course the Knicks as well. That is pure New York, right? Because those are the real original teams. The Giants played in Yankee Stadium. The Knicks play in Madison Square Garden along with the Rangers. That's New York to me. What's been the biggest lesson you've learned over these last three or four years going being a full-time entrepreneur? Yeah, the, the, the lesson I've learned is that the, the customer obviously is the most important piece of all of this, right? I've got a great team around me, but ensuring that the customer is taken care of, which means by extension, 
that the EV charging systems that we install, they have to be taken care of, right? Because if this whole thing fails, then the adoption of EVs goes out the window. And any moment that somebody can't get a charge, and I don't care if that's a pantograph system overhead for a bus, or if that's a level two charger in somebody's garage, or if those are DC fast chargers along the major corridors, if they don't work, that is just another failed system in a chain that is extremely important if we wanna make this whole thing work. So when folks don't get the opportunity to charge up their vehicles, whatever it is, then the whole system fails. We are the ones that try to be there at every turn to ensure that those chargers are always working. Just had a call the other day for a Panto system out in, in, in uh, Buffalo that we were working on that it had overextended itself. And uh, we literally had somebody there as quick as we possibly could in just hours response time and got it taken care of. Those are the sort of things that are truly important to us because if, if folks can't charge their cars, then we've got a problem. One of the common themes, and, and look, I've been doing this podcast now for a couple of years, and you know, obviously, I've had my fair share of EV folks on. Uh, you know, Joe Britton uh, is one of the folks I've spoken to, and a handful of other folks in the EV charging space. And look, it's it's the same kind of refrain when you get it from the, the you know the mass folks is that look, you know, it it's not the same as gas as far as the the ease, you know, long term trip or you know long road trips and what have you. From somebody that's been doing this for over a decade and maybe, you know, dare I say, one of the pioneers of the EV charging space, what's the biggest misnomer about EV charging? I would say the biggest misnomer is that people can't make long trips on, right? People believe that they that you, you can. You just have to plan it and you have to be patient, right? Although I will say this. The, the, a lot of the industry is sort of focused around Tesla, right? Because Tesla and Elon Musk have the most number of vehicles on the road. But folks have to understand that that is a fully integrated system, right? The Tesla charger, the Tesla adapter, the Tesla car, all of them are one platform that all are integrated together. The vehicle becomes your wallet. So therefore it already has all of your information. All you need to do is walk up to that Tesla charger, plug in your vehicle and everything is integrated. When you talk about DC fast chargers for every other vehicle on the road that plug into either the Chatmo or the CCS connector, you've got every different type of vehicle and there are over 300 failure points the instant that you plug that vehicle in. So you've gotta be patient. Right. You frequently have three different platforms that you're working with there. You've got the manufacturer, the manufacturer software. Then you've got the OCPP company that is in there, and that could be Shell or EV Connect or, or somebody else. Right. Then you've got their sort of compliance. And then on top of that, you may potentially have a credit card reader. So now you've got a third platform. All three of those have to work in concert every single time. And any one of those 300 failure points can instantly trip it. So the key here is that if you plan out your trip and you are patient, you can take an EV anywhere. Well, except maybe underwater, of course, but you can take them anywhere you want. They'll go anywhere across this country with no issue. As this thing continues to pick up steam and, uh, you know, we're seeing EV, you know, the government is is obviously, you know, full in. Um, you're, you're covering the Northeast. You've got a little bit of Florida as well. What are kind of the expansion plans for, uh, John Duran and, uh, plug-in stations online? 
Yeah, so we plan on filling in the gap between Florida and the, the, the east here, and then we will work our way towards the Mississippi and hopefully beyond. We're not afraid to work anywhere. Like I said earlier, our service techs have the sort of the, the highest rating they can possibly have. We just got a phenomenal letter back from you know one of our providers, so thrilled with how professional our guys were. It's the, the key is this, though, Fred. When you have a business, you can't overextend right? It needs to be done at a measured pace. And like I said to you earlier, I'm fortunate enough to have my chief operating officer, Jesse Carpenter, came to me from General Electric, and he was responsible for a large portion of their wind division. And he has a whole plan for how we're going to scale. And it's very measured. And that's what we want to do. Because what we don't want to do is have the death nails of the company because we overextended ourselves. So, so it's a slow measured pace of expansion. Uh, with a key on making sure that we maintain the integrity of the company and we, we get that level of service that the customer has come to expect from plugging stations online. You're no stranger to the EV Charging Summit Nexpo. You were speaker there last year. Uh, you're going to be a man about uh, Vegas this year. You've got uh, two events that you're going to be speaking at, uh, two sessions rather, uh, on Thursday, March 30th, and then you'll have another one on Friday. Uh, site installation fundamentals, designing for the customer on Thursday, and then on Friday you wrap it up with resilient solutions and opportunities, overcoming regulatory, utility, and infrastructure hurdles. Number one, how important is an event like the EV Charging Summit Nexpo. We know how important it is for the industry, but what are some of the things that uh, folks that have never been there before, some of the things that uh, they can learn and take away? Yeah, so one of the biggest things that I seem to find, especially after doing this for so long, is that folks will come to you and they have zero idea of, of how to plan all, all of this out, right? They don't understand any of the funding opportunities. They certainly don't understand any of the regulatory issues, the permitting issues. They certainly have a hard time trying to figure out, you know, where on their property they want to put these, uh, how many they should have, what the expectation is moving forward. So those are all pieces that that we're going to be able to share at, at uh, the EVCS because people, you know, if they can have a better grasp of what to expect when you have these charging stations at your location, how much they should charge for them, if they should even charge for them, which of course they should. Um, th those are all important aspects of the industry that a lot of people are either afraid of or they don't understand. And that's sort of what you're gonna learn, you're gonna glean from, from these sessions. How does the information that's and, and it's gonna be a fire hose of information uh, over those two days, how does that information then get packaged and moved to the masses that aren't in the industry? So where there can be some of this, you know, I don't want us to call it misinformation, but there's a lot of, I would call it just misunderstanding about the EV industry. How can some of this information that's going to be dis distributed over those two days, how can that be then passed out to the masses? Yeah, so it, it's a really sort of a collective group of people that are going to be at the summit. So, you know, I think one of the folks on one of the panels I'm working with is a professor at Stanford University. There's nothing better than education when it comes to all this, especially coming from the field, right? So it needs to be proper education. So if folks come to this, they learn about each one of the panels, then they can decide what they want to spread out uh, and spread the word that way. It, it, listen, it's just like the adoption of the vehicles, right? It started off with the early adopters, the fast followers, and then hopefully the general populace. It needs to be the same with education. You need to start with those people that truly have an engagement 
and they, they enjoy the concept of, of doing something to either help the environment or they, they figure out that, listen, you know, these cars aren't just economical. They're also a lot of fun. And I got to tell you, if there's anybody out there that's never driven one, take an EV for a ride. I don't care if it's a Chevy Bolt all the way up to, you know, or a Rivian you will in, enjoy driving an EV. So, you know, once folks start to understand it, they then spread the news. And that's how it has to happen, right? It has to start in this, this nascent little group and spread like wildfire to the masses. So that can be a lot of different ways, of course. It can be through media, it can be through websites, but it can also be word of mouth because I have found that more word of mouth, you know, people spreading the news is how it really gets out there. Get you out of here with this. John, you're somebody who uh, has, has uh, you know, traveled throughout the country. You're no stranger to Vegas. Where does Vegas rank for John Duran? I'm pumped. I've only ever been to Vegas once, and it was just a pass-through. i got to be honest with you. I'm going there a day early so I can hit the golf course. Uh, coming from the Northeast, hasn't been a horrible winter, but it hasn't also been a great one. I mean, it's it's still winter. So there's no golf. So we're heading down there a day early. I'm hoping to meet some, you know, fine folks out on the golf course and maybe talk a little bit of EV charging and then uh, and then hit the summit and uh, disseminate some information. I'm not a big gambler, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing this trip. Massive Frank Sinatra fan. So just to be in Sinatra land, per se, uh, is going to be it's going to be a huge thing for me. Uh, will you go to any and as somebody who's you know again now you're from uh, now you're, you're from New York City. I'm from just north of New York City. So just from so I'm going to go ahead and stereotype here. So I'm guessing you know look there's got to be some sort of mafia you know uh, <laughs> love infatuation. You bumped into somebody back in the day and look I just watched Casino the other day. So I'm looking forward to that sort of stuff. Is there anything you know? Do you plan on doing any kind of sightseeing as it pertains to you know any kind of is there any kind of mafia uh, connection stuff going on out there that we need? Well, to I mean go, go, going back to going back to Sinatra, right? We got we got the original Ocean's Eleven, so that's fair. I'll, I'll, I mean, the, it, but it's kind of a bummer, right? Because all of the hotels and the casinos that they robbed have all been demolished. They've all been so, taken down. That's exactly right. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I mean, look, I, I'm pumped to see the Bellagio. Uh, I'm hoping Caesars is, is still there. I want to see the fountains and everything. So you know, we're, we're going to walk around. We're going to take it all in. Probably lose a little bit of money, even though I'm not a big gambler. Yeah. And uh, and maybe enjoy some of the festivities in Vegas. John, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, uh, you know, for the folks at home real quick that want to learn more about what you're doing over there at Plug-In Station Online, where can they learn more about the company and uh, find out what you guys are up to? Yep, they can always check us out at www.pisoev.com. Thank you so much for that, Mr. John Duran. You can catch all of the Power Connect episodes over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, on the website to thepowerconnect.net. Follow us over on LinkedIn, The Power Connect, and, of course, you can connect with me, Fred Davis. Leave us a five-star rating. Why? It helps with the algorithm, and, hey, we just think we do a good job. Like we said earlier, we've got some great episodes coming up uh, to lead up to the EV Charging Summit and Expo. And, of course, again, if you want more information on the EV Charging Summit Expo, go to evchargingsummit.com. That's evchargingsummit.com. Andreas Lips, Josh Aviv, Daniel Siegel, as well as Merrill Morse still to come. So we're looking forward to all that, and you should too. This has been the Power Connect Podcast, connecting the energy transition one conversation at a time. Wake up, all the builders, time to build a new land. I know we could do it if we all end up.